This is a HeadGum Podcast. Hey guys, it's Laura. And Angela. We are about to start this week's episode, but first we want to thank our sponsor, Fabletics. Now, you might have heard of Fabletics because they were co-founded by Kate Hudson. They are premium activewear at a great value, and they're blowing up my Instagram feed. Everyone's wearing Fabletics. Kate Hudson and her cute little butt is looking good in Fabletics. Yeah. And you know, for a while there, there was like a stigma of going out in leggings, but these are actually like stylish, pretty leggings so that you can like, you can go to brunch in them. That's true. I love the ones called Remy. They're like gray with like a really cool pattern. Yes. I also like the Remy. Yeah. And yeah, they say you can go from bar as in B-A-R-R-E to the bar. B-A-R. Get it? Bar class I to get the it. bar with drinks. I in do the, get it. In these leggings. You might be a little sweaty, but uh, you know, if you got your workout on, but but you will aesthetically look great. Right. And we've done, we've read studies where people are attracted to the smell of your sweat. So try it. Um, anyone can shop Fabletics, but the best way to do it is to become a VIP member. You get 40 to 50% off retail prices, exclusive access to deals from fitness and wellness partners, and reward points for free stuff. We love free stuff. Every month, Fabletics releases cool new styles. It's definitely something to look forward to. You go on the website, check it out, and decide if you want to buy something. If not, no sweat. You just just skip that month and pay nothing. Go to fabletics.com slash single today and get two pairs of their amazing leggings for just $24 when you become a VIP member. Seriously, these are the world's best leggings. They are a $99 value and you'll get two for only $24 when you join at fabletics.com slash single. That's fabletics.com slash single. Now, now let's start, start the, the show. show. This is why you're single. This is why you're single. Welcome to the This Is Why You're Single podcast. I'm Laura Lane. And I'm Angela Spera. We are the co-writers of the book, This Is Why You're Single. Every week we highlight a different dating topic. This week's episode is I Don't Owe You. That's right, guys. We are talking consensual sex and expectations this week. It is getting deep. Uh, also in the lineup, we're talking about what's new in dating news, why compliments make us so uncomfortable, and we're going to find out why one dating app's ads were recently banned from subways. Then we're diving into the mailbox to answer your listener questions, including should you give money to a homeless person to impress your date, and what to do when your long-term boyfriend doesn't say I love you back. Oh, <laughs> We're covering a lot of ground this week. Yeah, but first, Angela, uh, what's going on in your week? <laughs> well, it's been quite a week. It's been quite a year, really. But um, this week, yet another um, accused, uh, uh, accusation of sexual assault, assault has come out. It was about Aziz Ansari. This, this is complicated. So Angela and I, we talked a lot about, about you know, there's been like a whole movement and we haven't covered it a lot on this podcast. We've touched on it a little bit. Um, but you know, we want, we kind of like decided like, Oh, okay. We want to keep this a comedy podcast. First and foremost, it's about dating. It's about relationships. All right. We want this to be kind of like an escapism a little bit from all of this, like right. heavy stuff. And we want to do this, the heavy stuff justice. And, and that's right. But know. then this new story happened this week with Aziz and sorry, and it happened on a date and it was such a gray area and it was so relatable to Angela and I, and like a lot of our listeners and our friends, it, it was like something unavoidable and we 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 had we want to talk about it we had to talk about it it's it is in the dating world yeah and it's something that um 
more than any other story that has come up. I think that every woman that I know is talking about this and has an opinion on it because it is so relatable to so many people. And we're sure it's really relatable to a lot of our listeners. So yeah, we want to break it down. We want to cover it. So Angel, why don't you break down exactly what happened and what was in this article? Yeah. So if you haven't read any of the, if you're like banning the news, which I totally get, um, and you haven't read about it, we're going to give you like a quick synopsis. So, so, well, so if you get triggered by any, any of the, the stuff in this realm. Yeah, it's pretty detailed. So if you do have a history of, of assault or anything, it could be kind of triggering. So I would say maybe listen to one of our lighter episodes. Yeah. Uh, or fast forward to the news and listener questions because we purposely kept those super light this week. Right. Exactly. Uh, um, but, you know, but it's going to be this is going to be an interesting discussion. So we hope you stick around. Anyway, so Angela, tell us what happened with this Aziz Ansari situation that that everyone's been talking about this week. OK, so last week there's a website called Babe.net and they published a very detailed story from an anonymous 23 year old who's going by the name Grace. She the story outlined a date that she went on with the comedian Aziz Ansari a year earlier. They met at an Emmy's party and bonded about using the same kind of camera and exchanged numbers. He asked her on a date and they went to dinner before heading back to his place. Once they were back at his place, things got physical way quicker than Grace was comfortable with. After that, um, they started making out and he asked her if he should get a condom. And she said, whoa, let's just chill, which is millennial speak for no, stop. Yeah, yeah. Um, that, that was like the first cue, like not ready for that. Right. Uh, he then went down on her and asked her to do the same for him. So she did. Uh, he then stuck his fingers down her throat, despite her non-verbally indicating that this was not something that she wanted. She says, he probably moved my hand to his dick five to seven times. It was 30 minutes of her moving and him trying again. Which, usually, if you want to touch a penis, they no one has to move your hand towards first, it. First time's the charm. And first time's the charm, yeah. Um, yeah, so this whole thing already is just exhausting to read because she yeah she kept trying to move and he kept trying to he kept sticking his fingers down her throat and doing all this stuff so um after all that he asked again to have sex she said next time so as he said oh you mean a second date well if i poured you another glass of wine now would it count as our second date and he poured her a glass of wine at which point she excused herself to the bathroom to compose herself because she was just feeling overwhelmed uh, she came back out and she told him, I don't want to feel forced because then I'll hate you and I'd rather not hate you. He said, oh, of course, it's only fun if we're both having fun. Let's just chill over here on the couch. You would think it would stop after that, but he continued to try to have sex with her and oral sex with her and more finger in her mouth stuff. It just kept going on. She eventually got in a cab and spent her ride home crying. The next day, Aziz texted her saying he had fun on their date and she sent him a really long response, but the gist of it was she said, last night might have been fun for you, but it wasn't for me. You ignored clear nonverbal cues. You kept going with advances. So, whew. There have been countless think pieces about this encounter in the days that have followed. Laura, what are your thoughts? Okay, so my initial thoughts, my initial reaction was like, my. I want to preface by saying my my reaction changed a lot. My my initial reaction was, give me a break. Do not loop Aziz and Sorry in with this like me too sexual assault Harvey Weinstein's of the world. This was like bad sex. That's it. She could have said clearly like no stop and left, but she didn't. She kind of kept going on with it. Do you know how many nights I have had like this? 
I've had a lot. And uh, and yeah. that was my first reaction. And then and then I and then it kind of I let it sink in a little bit. And I really like thought about this night. And then me a few hours later, uh, I thought, whoa, no, I have a completely different feeling on this. This is an important discussion and a complicated conversation that we need to have. The fact that I and so many women who have had nights like this where a guy convinces us to do something that we like didn't really want to do, but we go along with. That is the problem. And the fact that I didn't think it was a big deal is the big deal that we need to change our expectations of what is an acceptable sexual encounter. And why do men think that they need to kind of break you down and you finally consent and then it's okay because technically it was consensual. Like why do men feel the need to convince you to have sex? Um, Liz Plank of the feminist, 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 fabulous. It is a hard (laughs) word to say. She is fabulous. She's a fabulous Fabulous feminist. She's a very fabulous feminist. And she tweeted, imagine if men viewed sex as something that they can give to women rather than get from women. And I really think that this is where the whole story lies. It's opened up this like huge can of worms. It brings up uncomfortable conversations on both sides. He had expectations going into the date that were clearly very different from what she was expecting. And yeah, I mean, my, my opinion changed. What yeah. about what about you? I think you're completely not alone in having um, uh, going through like a, a up and down of opinion. I think for a lot of people that happened, it happened for me too because it's a really complex issue. I was telling you before that someone at work saw me reading an article and uh, about this whole thing, and he was like, "Real quick, what do you think about this?" And I was like, "I can't tell you real quick because it's way too complicated." Um, but I agree with you. At first. Um, I, well, first of all, I read think pieces before I actually read her account. I was like, that doesn't sound so bad. And then I read the detail, details. And yeah, it, I did that too. I, I found it really disturbing and really hard to read. Um, and but also, like, I was like, this sounds familiar. This feels like something that's happened to me, something that's happened to my friends. It's not that bad. And then I found this really great blog post that I felt like captured how I felt. It's from a website called. KatieKatieKate.com. Yeah, you sent me this article, and, I, and I'm so glad that you did. Yeah, so, and it talks about that idea of not that bad. Um, and she says she felt the same way. She read it, and she was like, that's not that bad. And then she started thinking about how she had described a lot of her own sexual past, so then things that had happened to her that she didn't like is not that bad. And she realized that she used to say not that bad because she worried about what other people, or how other people would react. And they would think like, you know, that she was being dramatic or something. And she says, part of not that bad is a preemptive minimization of our experiences. You know, the way fat Amy calls herself fat Amy and pitch perfect so that other girls can't do it first. That's our armor. Yeah. People picture like, like a bad situation is like someone has to be like grabbing you and holding you down. You have to be like punching them in the face. It's like, that's not, right. not all bad situations go down like that. It's you know? a spectrum. It's a spectrum. A lot of them are just really yucky. Right. And, the other thing that this blog post says is that, um, yeah, this isn't assault. This isn't like what Harvey Weinstein did. You know, it's it lives in that gray area. And it's about how like Aziz is like a lot of men. He's been socialized to act this way. And she says people are quick to label sex crimes as deviant or apparent. Uh, but the truth is that sexual violence is socialized into us. Men are socialized to fuck hard and often, and women are socialized to get fucked, look happy, and keep quiet about it. Aziz and Sari has been socialized, and if we don't like the way socialized men do sex, then we need to take a hard look at our society, friend. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. It, it's extremely complicated. I think the the 
it's problematic on both sides because in a way, like I, I believe both people, I believe that she was uncomfortable and tried to express that and thought she was expressing that while still, you know, trying to be accommodating and sweet and easygoing how women are taught to behave. Um, it's unfortunate that she didn't really have the right words to very, you know, clear enough that he could react to, you know, get out of the situation she no longer wanted to be in or had changed her mind. Um, I mean, going over to someone's house after a date is is not a guarantee for sex ever. It's just it's just not. But, you know, I believe him that he probably weirdly maybe thought she was into it. And like that's that is the problem that you're describing. Like perhaps he's used to having to convince people to have sex with him in the past. And like that's not OK. You know, she expressed some level of discomfort he kind of ignored it. Did she flat out say, no, stop? No. And is he a mind reader? No. But he comes across as a lot of guys I've seen who think it's like their job to convince women to to like do what they want them to do and that it's like technically consensual for that reason. I mean, on we, we talked a little bit, Angela, before the podcast about, about him being a celebrity and like kind of what that means because he really represents himself as somebody who's aware and woke and like the situation makes that se- feel a little disingenuous because, you know, he's he's in his 30s. He should probably know a little better. And, you know, she's in her young 20s and and, you know, maybe he should have been asking himself, like, is this woman enjoying this as much as I am? And and instead of asking himself, like, you don't seem to hate this, which is something he right. says in the article was like, I guess you don't hate me as much as I thought or, or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think a huge part of her trauma is that this experience not only just was like physically traumatic but it was so far from what she expected the night to be because she is so young I think that like she was probably optimistic and and thought that he would like court her and be nice to her and want to get to know her as a person and the truth is that's not what he wanted and we've all been through that we've talked about our own personal let's talk about our our experiences in our early 20s what was yours like in in college I mean I really relate to her in the sense that like for me I I actually did not have sex till later in life yeah we talk about we were kind of different (laughs) on different ends of the spectrum I waited and I like I but that means that I had to navigate that doesn't mean that I wasn't sexual I and I feel like and I talked about this with my friends today, how like your early 20s are a lot of like being naked with people, but telling them that you don't want to have sex with them. <laughs> and that's a really hard thing to navigate. And it's sad that I have to think that I feel lucky that I was with men that respected when I said no. I mean, they would like push me, but I was always able to get out of it, like having felt like I made all my own decisions, but I still consider myself lucky because that's not a lot of women's stories, which is crazy that you feel like you're lucky yeah. for that. Um, but like my, um, my first boyfriend that I ever had in college, I was with him for over a year. He broke up with me when I was naked. He broke up with me because I wouldn't have sex with him after a year and a half. And I was naked and it was so sad. And I, that's traumatizing. And I was like, so mad at myself and didn't necessarily blame him. I was like, well, I should have had sex with him. And like, that's like not not accurate and I feel like had a conversation like this been happening at that time I might not have felt that way I might not have felt felt as empowered I felt like shame and like there's no reason to feel that way yeah yeah if this was happening now you you maybe would have felt like empowered by your decision instead of shameful for it exactly um I have an experience from my 20s in college that that just 
I guess it, I hadn't thought about it in forever because this is like you know over 10 years ago but then reading this article I had like this flashback to this one particular story and there's other nights where I definitely left after hooking up with somebody that I didn't really want to and like had like pretty much you know had clearly what I think clearly said like I don't want to and then just left feeling gross and yucky but this one was like pretty bad so I was hanging out with a guy who was my friend and we were hanging out in like I think his like dorm room if I had I think we had like a class together anyways I I remember we were like hooking like making out and I said the words I do not want to have sex with you I do not want to have sex and he was like yeah yeah of course of course like cool girl I'll just give you a massage I'll just give you a massage and I remember like he just wouldn't stop and finally I was like all right fuck who cares all right you can give me a massage which in today's Harvey Weinstein like where that was like what he used it feels so creepy to me that like I somehow fell for this but my clothes were on at that point And so he starts giving, like, lays me down on his bed and starts giving me a massage over my clothes. And then, you know, after, like, probably, like, less than a couple minutes is, like... I don't know. It's like not working. Like I, I, you need to take your shirt off for me to give you like a proper massage. And I was like, Oh, okay. Uh, and then he unhooks my bra and then I'm just like, I remember freezing on the bed and just like with my shoulders, like up to my ears and just being like, I didn't want to get up at that point. Cause I didn't want him to like see my boobs or like have to like, like run out of there, like topless, you know? Right. And then he just starts like touching in me. And I just, at some point I just like froze. And then like we had sex and I remember leaving being like, I hope I never see that person ever again. I feel really gross. And I very clearly at the beginning said, I do not want to have sex. And like, I just didn't know. It just kept like, it was such a slow progression at that. At some point I just like, didn't know how to stop and just felt weird and almost just felt like, all right, let's just get this over with. Cause like, I I didn't have the strength to say no. I didn't have the words and I didn't have like, I didn't feel like, yeah, empowered enough to like, like just leave. And meanwhile, now, like many years later, we see that like what that guy did to you was right out of like the pervert handbook. I know. I'm so dumb. And (laughs) no, it's not that you were dumb. uh, It's that like you just, I don't know. You didn't know what better. You were young and like people weren't talking about this stuff or people that were trying to talk about this stuff were being laughed at. I know, but fuck that guy that like this many years later, I like I'm still grossed out by that situation. Like, <laughs> like what the fuck? Like I this mean, shit, this shit, it stays with you. Like it's you don't true. forget it. And it really, it also brings up the idea of like nonverbal cues. And people are like, oh, I can't be a mind reader. You know what? If a girl is frozen and not moving, and if she at the beginning says, "I don't want to have sex," how about you just? Well, that's don't, a verbal cue. That's how about as you direct as you can get? Just stop. You just don't try one more time for the rest of the night. How about you just don't try? Because like this reminds me, like I parallel that with like. Or I, I, I compare that to uh, a guy that I was like hooking up with like senior year of high school and we're like in the jacuzzi. And I remember and I was like really into him, really wanted to hook up with him, was really feeling it. And I said something like, take off my shorts. And he thought I said, like, don't take off my shorts. And he <laughs> physically jumped back in the jacuzzi and was like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not like hands up here. And like was just so sensitive. That to, was like, a man that understood consent. Yeah, he understood consent. And I and, and I was like oh oh no I said please take off my shorts (laughs) and then he was like oh cool and like and like took off my shorts and we started hooking up in the jacuzzi and like like when a girl wants to hook up with you like she's gonna tell you like take off my clothes I want you like I want you so bad like she will physically take off her clothes for you like you don't need to convince someone that wants to be there and wants to be having sex with you right so the interesting thing and like 
what I'm kind of excited about is like that now we're having these conversations and we get to see what happens next. Um, I watched an interview with Ann Curry this morning, actually, who she, you know, used to be on the Today Show with Matt Lauer. Um, and she talked about how she was like, I'm interested to see what happens after we're, we stop focusing on like all the individual cases of assault and start talking about solutions to these this overall problem. Um, and like, I think that just the fact that, like I said, that somebody at work over my shoulder wanted my real quick hot take on like consent, like that wasn't happening a year ago. That definitely wasn't happening like five years ago, um, which is why I don't understand why when um, like men and some women are like, this is like making dating impossible. Like it's hard to know, like if a woman's into you now, like it's so unsexy to have to like ask if you can have sex or ask if you can kiss someone. But like there's a way to do it. And like, wouldn't and you know rather, if, you know, if someone's into it. Yeah. And wouldn't you rather just like, I don't know. I mean, like, I would rather, rather have no, no questions and make sure that the other person is comfortable. It, it should turn people on to be with someone that like wants this so bad, too. Okay. Um, there's a few articles that I really like that I wanted to read some quotes from. Um, the first one was actually an article about consent from 2015 in The Cut by Rebecca Traster. And this is she, this has been quoted a lot in a lot of these think pieces about um, Aziz. She was interviewing people about consent, students. And she says, students I spoke to talked about, quote, male sexual entitlement, the expectation that male sexual needs take priority, with men presumed to take sex and women presumed to give it to them. Then there are the double standards. A woman in pursuit is loose or hard up. A man in pursuit is healthy and horny. A woman who says no is prude or a cock tease. A man who says no is rejecting the woman in question. So that stuck out with me. Another one is from the, the Katie Katie uh, blog that, mm -hmm. you, that you sent me. She says, and yes, guys, what Grace described is totally normal for a woman. This is a normal sexual encounter. The women that you're seeing scoff at her. They aren't scoffing because they think a guy would never do that. They're scoffing because they believe every single word she said. They don't have to imagine it either. This is a common, normal hookup, a shitty, painful hookup where Grace's comfort and pleasure were like number seven on the priority list. Um, and then I have uh, one more I wanted to, to read because, yeah, yeah, it's just like, her pleasure was number seven. Like, why is it not equal? You know, like, ugh, it's, it drives me nuts. Okay, this one's by The Cut by Anna Silman. Uh, as critics of the Ansari story have pointed out, these aren't stories where women firmly vocalize a lack of consent. Rather, these are stories about how young women, having internalized society's messages about how it is their responsibility to please men, to be compliant, to be down for anything, end up acquiescing to something that makes them feel rotten inside. And, and I really related to that from my situation in college. Yeah. Um, I also wanted to read a quote from Lindy West. Lindy West, actually, she did like a whole history of people that have studied consent and, and brought up the idea of consent all throughout history. And, and she one of the things she references is like there was in 1991 at Antioch College there. They um, had this sexual offense prevention policy that they tried to institute where it was a rule that like on campus, if you were going to have sex, you had to have this basically like consensual check in for every step of the process, so, like for taking off your clothes, for kissing, for touching, whatever. And it was like totally mocked throughout the country. Like SNL did a sketch parodying it. And like, I wonder if like they were expecting too much, it might have been unrealistic, but the idea of expecting consent was 
is not laughable anymore. And it was then. Yeah, so anyway, not. I love the way she like she wraps up the article. She says the notion of affirmative consent did not fall from space in October 2017 to confound well-meaning but bumbling men. It was built loudly and painstakingly and in public at great personal cost to its proponents over decades. If you're fretting about the perceived overreach of Me Too, maybe start by examining the ways you've upheld the stigma stigmatization of feminism. Nuanced conversations about consent and gendered socialization have been happening every single day that Aziz Ansari has spent as a living sentient human on this earth. The reason they feel foreign to so many men is that so many men never felt like they needed to listen. Rape is a women's issue, right? Men don't major in women's studies. So I do think as far as next steps go, yeah, maybe opening opening your mind and listening and not talking if you're if you're someone who hasn't been affected by this personally then maybe you listen to people who have been yeah and you try and take a cue from them i think that's great i think that's great advice um i do want to say one thing before we move on angela is that there's been a lot of people that have pointed out some problems with the article in babe that it is not without its flaws yeah yes, that is important a, to point out uh I'm, the one thing that really stuck out to me as as a journalist for for many years who has you know had to create titles of things i thought this was a bullshit click baby title what was the exact title angela um let's see it was i went on a date with disease and sorry and it turned into the worst night of my life and it might as well say and you'll never believe what happened next uh, it was just a little little click baby a little i, I mean so it's a little ex- just not yeah, I mean maybe this was the worst night of her life it, I, it's quite I possible. totally don't doubt that it was the worst night of her yeah. life I just resent that um, they turned that into clickbait I would like to present an alternative title uh, maybe something like Aziz Ansari's coercion and consent problem in a me too age that is, I would read that that is a very thoughtful headline still one you would click on but mm-hmm. not click baity or maybe just simple Aziz sorry accused of sexual coercion which I think is like what this issue really is about is like him convincing her to do something you know right that's very a fair assessment of what happened that isn't the only problem that I found with this article another another uh, problem I mean there's many things people have pointed out of the way that this article of way this situation was covered by by babe uh, and they and they have had no problem like you know uh loving the press they've gotten as, as yeah you, as they you did like out. a roundup of all the people that have covered right and it's you know you can be excited that people are talking about the issue but don't be excited that people are talking about you yeah exactly <laughs> i think that's where i find a problem with them but but one thing that really bothered me in the article um that i think does a disservice to grace um was they write after arriving at his apartment in manhattan on monday evening they exchanged small talk and drank wine it was white, she said. I didn't get to choose, and I prefer red, but it was white wine. And I feel like they maybe wrote this like as if they were trying to make it seem like some deep metaphor for the like what the night was about to happen. That like it was like his choice, and like her opinion was not like held into consideration. But it just like trivializes her like in a right. way. It just feels irrelevant and. Also, like Aziz is like a foodie who spent time in <laughs> well, Italy. Whatever. Like maybe he was trying to show off his wine skills. Who fucking knows? But it is, like you said, irrelevant. Yeah, and they do other things like that where they like talk about her outfit and they're like, it was a cute outfit or whatever the hell they say. And and Jezebel actually wrote a whole great thing, like pointing out like kind of what they got wrong. And they say, like, when you do things like that, you open yourself up to like people that are against this whole movement. You're giving them things to like poke holes in this and like to point out as like trivial and dumb. 
So I, yeah, I wish they would not have done that. Yeah. Um, in terms of what's next, you, you, you've been talking a lot about the like media and like like our culture a yeah, little bit. Yeah, I mean, I think it's definitely when you step back, this is something else that I've been reading about a lot is like if you really look at like a lot of rom-coms that we grew up with, a lot of like plots on TV, a lot of them revolve around like men being interested in a woman and then she's not interested in them so they use like some form of trickery or like they just like really aggressively pursue her even though she like keeps saying no and in the movies and on TV by the end she's like one over and all you have to be is a nice aggressive guy and I think that that's a dangerous lesson to teach people because that's not really how it works in real life or it's at least it's not how it should work in real life right and and I would say uh, let's just say like the plot most of the plot lines to American Pie would probably hopefully not be made in 2018 yeah a few of the plot points yeah, yeah. um all right well uh, I hope this this discussion uh maybe made you think about some some things uh, we'd love to hear what you have to say you can always email us yes Con- please share your stories yes to share your stories share your thoughts we're interested to hear what you think of the the discussion it's an ongoing conversation that that we'll be continuing to have but uh yeah if you want to email us contact at this is why your single show dot com love to know what you you hear about but what we had to say all right, all right on that note it is time for us to, to take a little pivot Perhaps maybe lighten up the the mood here on the podcast. Time for us to talk about what's in the news. Angelo, what have you been reading about in the news that does not involve <laughs> Aziz and sorry. Aziz and sorry. Um yeah, so I was reading the uh, Science of Us in New York Mag. It was a story by Susanna Weiss. She says uh, she has the psychological explanation for why compliments are so embarrassing. I can't wait to find out what she has to say because, oh, I get like so weirded out with compliments. I'm like, I don't know how to, I, am I like, give me one right now. I really love your new hair color. Oh God. I don't know. It's like, oh, like too dark. I should have kept it light. But I love your hair. No, like, see, then that makes me uncomfortable. Hair, I'm like, oh, it's fine. It's whatever. I just it's fine. like, it's if no. I had your hair, I'd feel so much better with my life. That's usually how things go when people try to give me a compliment. <laughs> I like diminish what they said about me and then give them a compliment. Yeah. I also have a really hard time knowing what to say. Okay. Like, compliments, compliments make me feel good, but I don't know what to say. And they talk about that in this article. Angela, cool. your floral pants right now <laughs> are like so chic. They're so cute. Mm, they're a little loud right they're they're like they're too much too bold all right what does Susanna (laughs) have to say about us not being able to take compliments well first off apparently according to a recent study 68 percent of people say that they associate recognition with embarrassment and that's a really high percentage so she breaks down the reasons the first one is that you're not actually supposed to like it because we're taught from an early age that outright boasting is like bad behavior so if you if somebody compliments you and you agree with them then you don't know how to respond because you don't want to sound boastful or you don't care but you know that the socially acceptable way to respond is by acting like embarrassed and like deflecting like oh no yeah no it's not really i'm so shocked right exactly so whether you believe it or not that's how most people respond um the other reason that it feels awkward is that you don't believe it they say that's probably why people with low self-esteem have more negative feelings about getting compliments, according to a study published last year in the Journal of Experimental Social Psychology. This was actually really interesting. They said, um, according to another study from the Journal of Self 
and identity. People with strong negative self-perceptions prefer roommates who view them negatively. And they, they said, want they want roommates they don't like them that don't like them. Because, oh, I haven't had a problem with that. I didn't have a problem with that in college. <laughs> well, I wonder if it was for this reason because they say it's because someone with low self-esteem might worry that the person complimenting them is playing a joke or hiding an agenda. Oh, I don't think that was me. Very complex yeah. stuff. Um, you just I think I just didn't know how to live with people, <laughs> <laughs> and some people are just messy. Yeah. Um, so third reason, you feel judged. They might balk at the reminder that they're being evaluated um, and fear less favorable outcome down the road. Finally, you might feel greedy, which this is not one that I necessarily identify with, but interesting nonetheless. They said people tend to believe gratitude is scarce, and if we receive it, there won't be enough to go around. Oh, that. Well, to those people... <laughs> Uh, gratitude is not it is it is infinite it is infinite you should download uh, my my gratitude app yes so the closest thing that this article has to like a solution for those people is um, that the this the director of education at the University of Pennsylvania positive psychology center has this three-step process for responding to compliments you're supposed to accept amplify and advance that means accept the compliment by saying thank you amplify its impact by taking it in and then advance the conversation by asking questions asking questions about your I know, floral pants they like, don't specify like tell what? me tell me more about how great i am. tell me more about why exactly, you like my, what do you like what exactly what do you like about my hair no that's like too much i mean the, i wonder if maybe the questions are can be about them that mm. seems like a good way to extend the conversation yeah um so anyway <laughs> That's uh, that's my story. What are you reading about? It, well, I feel like that it, people are like, well, what does that have to do with dating? I mean, like a lot of dating is like giving and receiving compliments from oh, yeah. people you're dating. So, so think about that the next time that you're on a date and, and I think they I'm give a, you a compliment. Maybe, a, maybe accept it a little bit more. Yeah. I'm especially bad with somebody that I just met, like on a date, like a guy, like I blush and I just... Well, of course, a lot of times, like the one of the first things hopefully a nice guy might say is like, oh, you look, you look great tonight or, you know, right. And, and you're, if you're like, oh no, or I like, look you're like really shit or funny or smart. <laughs> yeah. The hopefully a nice person that's interested in you will be giving you lots of compliments. So get used to accepting them and yeah, uh, don't, don't talk, oh, no. your, don't talk yourself down. No. Do the three step process. Yeah. People see you how you see yourself. Accept, amplify, advance. Yeah. We, even though we don't know how to advance, just, just i would say maybe take the advance part and like extend them a compliment oh maybe that's how we can advance yeah although does that ever feel disingenuous to you when like (laughs) yes when like make it a genuine one you're like oh i like your i'm like thanks uh i like your pants you're like you just said that because i complimented you they actually that's another thing that they got into that i did mention but sometimes people feel awkward because they feel like they have to uh, reciprocate with a com- compliment. I do that every time. But if you don't know what to compliment the person, if you're like, I see nothing here that I like, and I, so I don't know how to accept your compliment to me because I, I don't like anything you're wearing. So people just are like, I don't know oh, what to say. Funny. That's funny. Usually I can find something. <laughs> All right. You want to know what I've been reading? Yes. I've been reading Mashable. Uh, dating sites, Subway ads have been banned for making misleading claims about its scientific approach. This is an article written by Rachel Thompson. So one dating site's assertion that it applies, quote, a scientific proven matchmaking system has resulted in the banning of an ad on the London Underground for making misleading claims. So here's what happened. Per the, they have a, there's an advertising standards authority 
that like oversees all the ads and they ruled that the billboard ad for the dating website eHarmony featuring the headline step aside fate it's time science had a go at love <laughs> imagine being able to stack the odds of finding lasting love entirely in your favor eHarmony's scientifically proven matching system decodes the mystery of compatibility and chemistry so you don't have to so that's what the ad said and the complaint was filed against the ad claiming that it was, quote, not possible to hold scientific proof about a dating system and that the ad was, quote, misleading. So eHarmony, as I'm sure you expect, they defended their ad stating that the ad did not make any specific claims other than that their matching system was scientific and could consequently provide an advantage in finding compatible matches over some random chance meet in person fate system they also argued that you know their site employs a compatibility matching algorithm which i love the word algorithm because i feel like have you like every dating app is like our special algorithm right well yeah because i trust the robots more than i trust humans you do well there you go figure it out computer uh so the algorithm they claim is based on data about personality traits and key values collected from more than fifty thousand married couples in 20 three different countries but you know the asa went ahead they banned the ad on the underground saying that consumers might infer from the claim that a scientifically proven matching system meant that scientific studies had been demonstrated which which were not and that the website offered users a better odds at finding love than people who who don't use the site so they just thought like the evidence provided by eHarmony did not demonstrate that their matching system offered a significant greater advantage what do you think about this do you, do you think these like ads are are like a little misleading i think they're a lot misleading i think it's super deceptive to focus on like the science angle when even like, though you trust the robots yeah but i don't even i if you said to me step aside fate it's time science had a go at love i would think that your dating app service was kind of like that that one that we read about in the past that was like where you send like, like a, a swab of your saliva yeah. and like you're matched up that way like that to me that's you could get away with saying you're matching with science. This not so much. Yeah. And you know what? Like, like talking to my friends that, that, that actually read like scientific studies and like what has to go into something being called like evidence based, Mm -hmm. you know, just uh, they've they've taught me a lot that you know saying quote scientifically proven matching system it's very misleading like unless you have like actual scientific studies that are like evidence-based and those are like hard to do because you got to do like a, i think like a i don't know like double blind whatever some right a control group thank that- you a controlled <laughs> a control group and like and, and you know they didn't do that so uh so it's so it's a little it's a little misleading and i think it's great to call out these these uh, apps sometimes that that maybe like boast a little more than they they can actually claim. Yeah, it's true. I mean, people are putting a lot of faith in them. They might as well be honest. Yeah, I agree. All right. Um, it is time for us to jump into our mailbox. But first, let's take a quick break to thank some of our sponsors. We'd like to thank our sponsor, Blue Apron. Blue Apron is the leading meal delivery kit service in the U.S. And for eight weeks Blue Apron is teaming with Whole30 to bring you delicious recipes. Their menu will feature two Whole30 approved recipes each week. They've got things like seared steak and warm lemon salsa verde with roasted broccoli and sweet potato. They've got some yummy stuff. So you guys can kickstart your new year with Blue Apron and Whole30. And I don't know about you, Angela. We talked about this a little last week, but like so many comedians 
are like obsessed with Whole30. Like everyone at UCB is doing Whole30. Is what that, is why? up? Why? It's like because the, like I guess like your whole body like you just feel better and you're able to be funnier because you're like feeling good. Maybe it's just like a trend. Everyone's like t- a couple people talk up. You know, like it's a cult. Comedy is a cult. <laughs> so like so you, if one person does it, they all do it. But it's apparently great because you know we Blue Apron, which we love, is teaming up with them. So now now I feel like maybe I'll take this a little serious. I mean, I am in the cult of Blue Apron, so if they swear by Whole Thirty, then I'll try it. There you go. I have to admit, because Blue Apron is so flexible and awesome, this is like my off week. I don't have any Blue Apron coming, and I regret it so much. I'm starving. <laughs> you thought you were gonna be too busy this week, and now you're yeah, like, what am I, I doing? Um, but it's coming next week, which is beautiful thing. Other cool stuff about Blue Apron, Blue Apron offers 12 new recipes each week and customers can pick two, three, or four recipes based on what best fits their schedule. They have, um, they send only non-GMO ingredients and meat with no added hormones. So many great things about them and mm-hmm. we are hooking it up for you guys. Blue Apron is treating This Is Why You're Single listeners to $30 off your first order if you visit blueapron.com slash single. So check out this week's menu and get $30 off with free shipping at blueapron.com slash single blue apron a, a better, better way, way to cook. cook we would like to thank our sponsor squarespace if you think it if you dream it make it with squarespace and angela and i have been making our website with squarespace way before they were a sponsor way before we even had a podcast we had our this is why you're single book this is why you're single show both of our websites we made with squarespace we are a long time fans and kind of whatever you do if you're an architect an artist a writer a blogger a record label whatever you do you can make your website with squarespace yeah um and we have a lot of listeners that write into us with great stories you could have a blog on squarespace have your own dating blog that is such a brilliant idea we get you guys send us like the most hilarious text messages and the most hilarious dating stories i mean some of you send us so so many multiple stories we get like people that write in multiple times like start your own dating blog why not yeah and then eventually when you get married you could use squarespace for your wedding website there you go it's perfect there's so many things you can do you can blog and publish content you can sell products and services of all kind you can announce upcoming events turn your cool idea into a website just do it and here's why you should do it with squarespace they have beautiful templates that are created by world-class designers everything is optimized for mobile right out of the box which is great because like don't you look at all your websites on your phone i do i do too and it's a new way to buy domains and choose from over 200 extensions it's super easy you don't have to know anything about building a website okay let's come up with like a domain for one of our listeners right now okay my crazy Dates you won't believe it dot com. No one's gonna have a. You think one. that that's, that's not taken? No, that's so long. <laughs> no one's taking that. Um, My crazy dates you won't believe it dot com. I love that. I, right. I don't think I can top that. All right. Uh, well, then go to squarespace dot com for a free trial, and when you're ready to launch, use our offer code single to save ten percent off your first purchase of a website or a domain. That's squarespace dot com. Save 10% with our offer code SINGLE. 
All right, guys, we are going to jump into the mailbox. But first, I want to do a little plugaroo for myself. I have a comedy sketch show that I'm doing for any of you listeners that are in New York City. It's happening February 8th, 6.30 p.m. at UCB Chelsea, UCB Hell's Kitchen Theater. They moved from Chelsea. It is my feminist fairy tales show, so it's a lot of fun. I'm going to be dressing up like Disney princesses. And yeah, it's, it's going to be a great show. So please come out and laugh it might be the last time we do the show if we don't get a run they're going to decide based on this show so it's a big deal for me uh so i want lots of friendly faces and laughs in the theater tickets are seven dollars again february 8th 6 30 p.m at ucb hell's kitchen it's their new theater come check it out all right thanks for listening to my little self plugaroo now angela what do we have in the mailbox this week okay um first up we have an email from our listener katie hey katie hey katie she says i need help settling a disagreement with a friend he went on a hinge date last night in downtown chicago where we live when a homeless man came up to him and asked for a spare change he ignored the man and strode by but his date said wait and searched her wallet for change to give When he told me this story, I said he should have given the man money, even if that is not what he would normally do, because the girl would be impressed. I've been in a similar situation on a date, and the guy did give a homeless man money, and I definitely found his generosity attractive, although the guy ended up being a jerk anyway in the end. Which is the problem. Not not a good indicator. Misleading. They're a good boyfriend. But um, she says, what do you think? Is it shady to help others just to impress a date, or is it the right thing to do? Oh, I love this question so much because it's so complicated. The good questions are ones that we don't know how to answer. Yeah. uh, Okay. So I, do you want me to tell you what I wrote her back? Yes. So first of all, I said, this is a tough question. I feel like I need an ethics professor to come on to our podcast to help us answer. But you know, like we say on our podcast, we're not ethics professors. We're not therapists, but we, we will give you our best friend, our (laughs) older sis advice. We like to be very transparent about our expertise. Uh, We're just two normal comedy chicks um this is what i said there's a lot of debate i I did a little research on like you know should you give money to homeless people and there's what i found was a lot of debate on whether giving money to homeless people actually helps their situation or exacerbates it some argue it's more beneficial to volunteer spend time at a shelter donate clothing or food so what i did first was i sent her this 2011 atlantic article that kind of discussed this like should you give money to homeless people in the first place Mm -hmm. um uh, you know, that that's really a personal decision that's up to you. Um, but in terms of my my opinion on whether she should do it to impress or whether he should have done it to impress his date, I said, well, I, I agree. If I was on a date, I would probably have been impressed with someone's generosity had they given money to a homeless person. I would have equally felt a little strange if I didn't give money, which he probably felt in that moment. Like, oh, this is weird now. I said no, and now she's giving money. Uh, it, it stirs up a lot of feelings, like including like, you know, guilt, remorse, sympathy, empathy. Needless to say, if her friend does not typically give money to a homeless person. I, I would not do it to impress a girl for a couple of reasons. And these are my three reasons. It's not the right reason to do it. Uh, it would feel like yucky only giving money to impress a chick. It's yeah. kind of a dirty move. Number two, what's going to happen on date number two, three or four. He'd have to keep this up. <laughs> and apparently he doesn't like typically do that. He'd have to keep it up or she'd know he was just doing it to impress her, which is, you know, a gross move. that's going to like negate his, his move in the first place. And number three, I mean, it, you know, like I said, it's a personal decision, but it, it probably doesn't actually help the person you're giving money to or help the issue of homelessness at the end of the day. You know, you know, 
from what I read. Um, well, I would have said to the girl, what, what I would have done was I would have said to the girl who gave money, you know, that was really kind of you, maybe some kind of acknowledgement. And, you know, if they had any leftover food from the date, I would have maybe handed that over. Well, well what do you think? So I've definitely, I mean, we live in New York City. They live in downtown Chicago. This stuff happens all the time in major cities. I've definitely been on dates where this has happened. Um, and I think I I wouldn't judge the other person one way or the other. Whether they, It's definitely awkward. I will say that because you definitely feel the urge of like, oh, my God, like, what do I do? I want to, like, show this person I'm a good person. But I think that, like... I wouldn't judge the other person one way or the other because I would know that they, just like myself, are presented with this decision on an almost daily basis. Not almost, like like daily basis, multiple times. Right. And like sometimes if you have some spare change and you have it, like you'll give and then sometimes, you you know, you can't give every single time. So I think, I don't know, I, I wouldn't overthink it. You know, if you're ever in that situation, I think the other person should be understanding either way. Yeah. I wouldn't think you're like a cheapskate for not. Yeah. So uh, I don't know. I hope the, the article I sent was maybe a little like enlightening or helpful. Uh, yeah, it, it's complicated. You're probably not helping the person. So I don't know if that makes you feel any better I mean, for not giving money. But I, I would think like try try to give back and maybe help, yes. help the issue of homelessness in, in ways that are that maybe make a bigger difference like they're you know it's winter time they're they have the coat um drive they the, the yep. coat drive the, those are everywhere uh that's like a real thing that you know people they freeze to death but you know right. people freeze to death and they don't have shelter so you know maybe get some coats out of your closet give some coats like there, there's other ways to maybe help help the the situation of homelessness because it is a real problem in especially in major cities yeah and to your first point i'm a big fan of just doing the right thing because you feel like it's the right thing and and you want to any you know what going with your gut doing things organically you can't fail yeah um what else do we have in the mailbox okay this is from m m writes I'm a big fan of your podcast and I listen every week. Thank you, Em. Thanks, Em. She says, I have a big dilemma that I need your help with. My boyfriend and I have been dating for nine months and I was the first to say I love you at around eight months. He was very kind and sweet about it and we haven't talked about it since. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. um, He has said, or sorry, he has not said it back to me yet and I'm starting to get impatient. I don't blame you. With each passing day, I get more and more insecure. I don't blame you. sucks. I know his last relationship was super serious. And when his ex broke things off, he was completely heartbroken and lost. I know this because we've been friends for years. And it wasn't until nine months ago that we even took an interest in each other. My idea is to give him until one year to say I love you back before either sitting down with him to have a major talk or breaking up with him outright. It really hurts to know someone doesn't care about you the way you care about them what do you think of my idea do you think i should wait to talk to him i know he's serious about me but i don't know if he could ever love me the way he loved his ex oh this is this hurts my heart this is such a tough one and the i love you topic is always such a hard one i mean i don't know anybody that's been in a relationship that hasn't like been like oh should i say it first should i wait till he says it like oh what i do so i'll just tell you what i did first uh i waited until nick said it he said it around seven months but i I would say like i probably knew i loved him around the three month mark and waiting just that long like those five extra months was like super hard i remember watching like a movie it was like 
have I talked about this movie on the podcast? I don't know. It's a oh, it's a movie with the two comedians. What's the like really awkward guy comedian? He's like mm-hmm. and the, whatever. Know. Anyway, it, it's about love. It's like a kind of like faux documentary about about oh, love. Yes. What is yes, that movie? With Michael Sarah. Michael Sarah. I was like the really kind of awkward dude. Yeah. Michael Sarah. And then who was his ex girlfriend? I don't think Charlene Yee. Yes. Oh, you're so good with names. This is <laughs> why. This is why I have you as my partner. <laughs> oh, look, I took that compliment. <laughs> oh, you did. <laughs> I didn't, it didn't deflect. Wow, it all comes back around on this podcast. Um, so we were watching. They did like some kind of documentary movie about love, and like the whole thing was like. And I just remember Nick and I watching this movie and he was like, when to say I love you, do I love you, love you, love you. And like we were both just like frozen on the bed like this is so fucking awkward. <laughs> but I I waited till till he said it and I was so excited when I got to say it back to him. I mean, I would say eight months is a long time and you don't want this to be something that that you resent you know, like it should be something like nice and beautiful. I would honestly not wait for that one year mark. Like I think yeah, you can I talk. Agree. I think you can talk to him now. Like you don't need to wait for your one year anniversary. This is in your head. You're just gonna get like, like at eight months you've said it. You you've been like chill about it. I just think you're gonna get like a little passive aggressive, and I can just see like right why wait these two months. Yeah, like you can just put like an arbitrary like this is like the deadline. Like if you. F- feel uncomfortable you should talk about it especially at nine months and you've been friends for years like and she already said it <laughs> what whatever i would do is i don't have this conversation come out of a place of anger because like she's waiting she her plan is to have the conversation and if it doesn't go how she wants she's going to break up with him but i think like this should try to make this a little more of like a beautiful although awkward and difficult conversation my therapist has been teaching me <laughs> to use i statements instead of you statements which i'm not that good at yet but i'm trying so like don't say you didn't say it back or you don't love me as much as you loved her because that will put him on the defense and anger him make it about you i'm really good at like i can repeat what my therapist tells me i'm not necessarily that good at doing it myself but anyways so don't say like you didn't say it back you don't love me i would say something like I feel awkward talking to you about this and it's a hard conversation for me to have, but I want to talk to you about something I've been thinking about a month ago. I said, I loved you and I really meant it because I care about you and I do love you, but I felt hurt that maybe you don't feel the same way about me that I do about you. Tears might start at this point. Uh, I just felt sad and hurt thinking maybe you don't love me back. It's important for me that I'm in a relationship where we both feel the same way about each other. Like, how do you feel? What do you think of if she said that? Yeah, I mean, it definitely, it sucks for it to have to get to that point. Like, I feel like he knows that this is like, this is the elephant in the room. Like, he should, whether he's going to say it or not, he should have some kind of conversation with her. Like, you know, like, I know you said this and like, I want to feel that way. Eventually I will. Like, he should be talking to her about it. But but he's not. But he's not. So, yeah, I think that's the best case scenario. I do also want to say if she truly feels like he can never love her the way he loved his ex, which isn't necessarily true. That's just like her opinion. But if she really feels that way, that's a problem. And she shouldn't settle for like, like being with somebody who she feels like is not loving her to their like full potential. Yeah. You need it to be equal. So, and maybe it is. And maybe, and maybe if you have this conversation, what I hope happens for you is that like he dispels those fears. Cause those are fears. I think we all have, like, I remember for a while and I still get weirdly hung up on this. Like I remember it was like a big thing for me that like I was in a relationship with Nick longer than he had been in any previous relationship and like and and I remember being like even recently I was like so wait how long was your longest relationship before me again and he was like I'm not telling you like we're married and like we've been together like so long like like I think it's been like eight years now and I was still hung up on like it is important to me that like I beat them and like I don't know what so like 
and I'm in a very, like, I mean, at this point, I think you win. I think I win. But like, my point is, is like, is like, if that, if I'm still having that fear at this point, like we all have those fears at all stages, you know? So, so this is probably what I hope is just something that's like in her head, that's not based on reality. And I hope that if they have this conversation, if she comes at it, at it from like a place of like vulnerability and like hurt, and not anger and ultimatum that like, hopefully she'll get that reassurance and he'll be like, no, like I, I could never love her. Like, like I love you more than I could have ever loved her. Like it wasn't right, right. with her. That's why we broke up, you know? Yeah. I hope. Well, keep us updated, Em. Yeah, keep us updated. Um, if you guys want your listener questions answered or if you've got any funny messages from apps or texts that you want to share, you can email us at contact at thisiswhyyoursingleshow.com. Always let us know if you want us to keep your question anonymous or if you want us to use your name. You can also provide a very fun uh, a fake name for us yeah. to use. N- Gnome de Plume, is that right? That's one. That's one. like a pen name. That's pen like name? a French word for pen name. You can pen name your your email to us. Uh, anyways, you can also find all of our contact info on our website at this is why your single show.com. Now let's dive in to this week's reason of the week. This week's reason is I don't owe you. Yeah. So this kind of, it all relates to a little bit of what we were talking about early on in the episode. Uh, we don't owe you sex. Uh, we've had uh, a lot of people email us about guys that have gotten angry at them because they don't want to go on a second date or they don't respond to certain text messages. We had Lauren Crouch on an episode February 4th, 2016. That was the dating etiquette episode where she had a guy request a reimbursement for a coffee because she didn't want to go on a second date. So there's this like... And also, the, you would think that was an isolated incident, but we've had other listeners write into us with the same exact thing happen to them. Where people, where guys want a reimbursement for their first date if a girl does not want to go on a second date. And just like, and this can happen to guys, this can happen to women, just this like sense of like entitlement from, from somebody that like you owe them a second date where like, this is how dating works, people. Like... You go on a date, you're figuring out if you like each other. Someone might like someone and then the other person might not. That happens. Someone might want to make out with you and not want to do anything else. Uh, someone might go on a date with you. They don't owe you sex. They don't owe you a second date. They don't owe you we don't owe you anything. Right. And I think sometimes like women will prolong like texting with like a guy that they want to date with and they don't like because they feel mean. They don't want to be like a bitch. They want to be nice. And like, first of all, it's not necessarily being nice, like carrying on this conversation. That's like wasting both of your time. So like get that out of your head. And second of all, like you, you can be a little bit of a bitch. Okay. I'm giving you permission. (laughs) You're not being a bitch by asserting yourself and, and getting the things that you want for yourself. Yeah. I mean, like, I hope that that doesn't come to that. Like, I hope people can just like approach dating from like, from like a place of like, you know, kindness that you're like figuring each other out and like it should be like a mutual thing if you want to have sex and like if you want a second date yeah and like touching a little bit on what we talked about at the top of this episode like we talked about how in the Aziz story like Grace might have felt pressure for a few reasons like she because he's older and because he bought her dinner and because he's a celebrity on all this stuff but for like regular people, they feel pressure for sex for a whole bunch of different reasons. And I think another important thing to talk about is like 
like I was saying, like you can get naked with somebody, you can do sexual things, you can have sexy times and you still don't owe that person sex. And also you're allowed to change your mind halfway through, you know, like, um, if you guys haven't read the, the New Yorkers cat person, it's, it's a fictional piece, but it is, everybody should read it. It's gone viral. You probably, you might've read it, but, but that it just like, it describes a sexual encounter. A lot of people have brought that up when discussing the Aziz issue. Cause there, there's some like similarities in like, kind of like the gray area of consent. Um, and also like, you know, in this fictional piece, like the woman like changed her mind kind of, but like kind of kept going with it. Cause she felt like weird about backing out at that point of how far she had gone. And I just feel like, I just hope that, anybody dating or you know wanting to be a sexual person on this planet just reminds himself that they don't know anybody anything and that they have they should feel empowered to say no or back out at any point in any situation you could be like naked and, and like think you want to have sex at the beginning and then halfway through like realize like i am changing my mind and you can stop the right. situation and it's gonna feel awkward but it's worth it because yeah. you will feel better like that you asserted yourself. And I think that hopefully, fingers crossed, hopefully things are going to get a little easier because me- good men at least feel a little more conscious, like cautious now. Mm-hmm. And women feel more confident in making those decisions. On that note, it is time for our Reason of the Week Breakdown. Saying no is sometimes harder than you think it would be. Some people don't know how to listen to the words no. As Ash Sakar wrote in The Guardian recently, yes, in a context of mutual respect, might be a joyful wordlessness. No might come off in the guise of not now, maybe later, or even, well, okay then. So to help make things a little more clearer, we are going to play a game called This This Means means no. No. We have come up with a list of things that mean no. In case anybody out there was confused, Angela, take it away. What means no? Oh, and I'm going to ding a happy buzzard if I think that what you have said counts as no. Okay, great. Um, so I frown when you make a gross sexual innuendo. I come at your penis with a machete. That counts as no. I move away mid makeout and start flipping channels on the TV probably to dancing with the stars if i know you yep and that means no i spray mace in your face and i leave (laughs) that means no i start talking about how i have a lot to do tomorrow and should probably head home i say you're being really creepy and i don't like it i say i'm waiting for someone i'm in love with because i'm a romantic god damn it i tell you i don't think i want to have sex you gotta ignore that think because it like you know yeah. It still means no. It still means no. I say I'm totally down to do loads of mouth stuff, but P in the V isn't happening. That means no. I tell you, I'm not ready yet. Doesn't mean I'm going to be ready in five minutes. You will know. <laughs> I say I'm not in the mood right now. I retie my bra that you've unhooked while we're still making out. I bite your fingers off like a rabbit animal if you touch my boob. When you grab my boob while... Oh, sorry. <laughs> Did that, that not count as no? That definitely counts. That definitely counted. When you grab my boob while we're kissing, I grab your hand and I hold it like I'm trying to be romantic, but I'm really holding your hand so that you won't grab my boob again. And finally, I will take up witchcraft and put a hex on your groin if you lay a finger on me. 
And finally, I keep my clothes on while we're watching a movie. Because I'll take my own clothes off if I want. All these things mean no. All these things mean no. Guys, we hope this was an interesting, thought-provoking episode for you all. We hope we have cleared up this week's reason of I Don't Know You, because that is it for this week's This Is Why You're Single podcast. Check out our book, available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and our audiobook is available on Audible. Yep, you can get hooked up with uh, discounts from all of our sponsors for a full list of our sponsors and the codes. Check out our podcast page at thisiswhyyoursingleshow.com. We're also on social. We talked a lot about like many different articles and links this week, so I think maybe on our Twitter, when, when we post this episode, we'll repost some of those articles if you guys want to check them out. Yeah, maybe we'll, we'll retweet some this week. Yeah, um, so follow us on Twitter at your single show, also on Instagram, same thing, your single show. You can like and subscribe to us on iTunes. And thank you so much for listening. Tune in next week for a whole new show. Bye. Bye. This is why you're single. This is why you're single. This is why you're single. Ba, 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 ba. This is why you're single. Ba, 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 ba. That was a headgum podcast.